Hello and welcome to the Q York podcast. It's great to have you with us today and we hope that as you listen, you'll be inspired as we continue on our shared quest together. This podcast is entirely free and yet it's not cheap to put together and wouldn't be possible without the generosity of our supporters. So if you consider yourself a supporter of Q, then please head to qyork.co.uk and hit donate to show your support today because there really is no Q without you. Thank you and enjoy today's message. Now that didn't seem to make you laugh. What's wrong? Did you miss the hemorrhoids thing? So he's saying he suffers from compulsive gambling when the guy has got hemorrhoids. And so he's saying, expose it. And he's saying, really? Oh dear, that fell a bit flat. Mind you, it is about 30 years old, isn't it? Just shows you what tickles some of us. Anyway, it's lovely to be back. It's lovely to be home. Home is where the heart is, really. And uh, while we might travel a lot, I'll tell you what, our heart is here. And I want to say very clearly, and for all those who are watching out there, I say it uh, without any apology. This place is very much leading the way in a different type of church, a different type of gathering and what we do and how we equip people to live. And uh, yes, I love it. It's absolutely wonderful. And uh, we maybe tell you about some of the things that we've experienced at another time, but we don't want to spend that time tonight when we're on a, a journey of learning something. So what we want to talk about tonight and building on what basically you guys have been talking about these last few weeks, I said to Connie, I said, well, come on, what was the theme of the last few weeks? And she said, walls. So something went in. <laughs> walls. Um. But what we want to build on that tonight is this, what is unexposed remains unhealed. Um, There was a lovely uh, meme that was shown over the last couple of weeks, and it was this, that safety is not in the absence of threat, but the presence of connection. And yet we find it hard to connect because we feel very much threatened and we feel unsafe. So it's a vicious circle. So when we don't feel safe, it's because we don't feel connected and that lack of connection means we build walls. But here what we want to build on tonight is this, behind every wall there that has been built, there is a wound. And some of us don't want to admit that we have wounds for all sorts of reasons. But we don't build walls for nothing, they're there for a purpose. And what protects us from perceived pain also keeps away the joy Uh, from getting in and also from receiving the help we need. Now, physical wounds are obvious and generally are given a lot of sympathy, but emotional wounds are less understood and these have been created by a non-loving experience. That which has happened to us which doesn't equate to love. Now, it's hard if we were to stand up here and try to write a list of non-loving experiences, it would be tough. But having said that, there's plenty and we've all been infected and affected by it all. So let's just look at a few. You may have 
had wounds created by separation, by divorce, by abandonment, by abuse, by betrayal, by lies. These things seem obvious, but then there are other things like you may just be a, a child in a big family who was overlooked, who you felt invisible and you didn't quite know where you fit. Wounds are created by all sorts of things. But these experiences cut deep. And then, of course, we choose all sorts of solutions to numb the pain. One of which can be criticisms of ourselves and hatred, which then reinforces the very thing that we're trying to sort out in our lives. So we do a lot of blaming. It's my fault. I'm to blame. So it's our intention here at Q to bring us all to a place of safety where we can recognise not only the walls that we have built, but also to be able to expose the wounds behind them so we can find the healing we need. Now, this is not something that um, we all find very easy. So why do we conceal? Right from the beginning, if you remember the story of Adam and Eve, when they were out of line, what was the first thing that they did? They hid. They didn't want to face up to what they'd done. Why? Because wounds leave us vulnerable. We feel we lose our personal power. We feel that people may use that information against me. We may feel weak and pathetic. We think we're going to be ridiculed and judged. These wounds are so deep that revisiting that what we would call the personal shack and if anybody has watched the film the shack they'll understand that phrase to revisit that place of that wound to some is just so unbearable so it's barricaded in for life nicely covered with the fig leaves that we've sewn together for a covering because we feel ashamed now there's a song that's going around at the minute and while it's a little bit too country for me the words of the verse I thought were brilliant. It's this. Shame is a prison as cruel as the grave. Shame is a robber and he comes to take my name. But love is my redeemer lifting me up from the ground. Love is the power that lets my freedom song be found. If we don't deal with those wounds, those wounds will kill us. And it can be a brutal journey. But if we want to live life fully alive, it's the only course of action to come clean, to confess, to lay our wounds open to the light and the air of love. So in pursuing the theme for tonight, we've had so many examples come up, um, watching the TV, you know, films, you can imagine sat on a 10 hour flight, you can watch the telly for a very long time and the stuff that comes up that you think, oh, that'll work, that'll work, that'll work. But even in my own family and the experience that we have gone through, we have had to deal with some wounds in a very public way. And we know firsthand our unexposed emotional wounds can be expressed in very harmful and also hurtful ways. But it seems that the story writers on the TV are making this more clear too. Just this week we watched a few things. There was a, a film called Sharp Objects and some of you might be familiar with it. But it's basically the eldest daughter who ends up in a very, very terrible place, abusing alcohol and drugs, but also getting into self-harm. 
And why? Because at the loss of her sister, when her sister died, her mother then blamed her for still being alive. And that's a horrible thing to have to face. That creates a wound that nobody should have to experience at no fault of their own. But that's where she was. And so she was wounded terribly because of it. There's also, we were watching a, a program on the TV, it's the SAS um, who dares wins? If you've ever watched that, the guys that are training to be in the special forces. There was this guy and he's really massively, strappingly, physically fit. But the, one of the guys said to him, he says, you know, you seem very closed. What's, what's going on with you? And he says, well, you know, I've been on bereavement um, leave from work before he entered this course. And um, the, the guy says, oh, you know, who... who passed away and he just said oh I don't want to talk about it and immediately closed down and and, and during the course of the the program this guy uh, gets sort of cornered to talk about this issue and he says it was my wife and she she committed suicide and it left him absolutely devastated he says because she was happy she had a wonderful life everything was going great and me and Anthony watching and saying I don't think so because when you get to a place where that is your only option, I don't think you can call that being happy. But to the person, everything was okay. Because these things had been hidden so incredibly deeply. And so there are lots of things that in, whether it be in mental health, where we're encouraged that all we need is a doctor, or in religion, where it's all you need is a saviour. I don't think either tell the full story. There are things that we have to look at and say, okay, what, what is going on with us? Now, I just want to read this. Henry Newen, he, he made this quote. He said, nobody escapes being wounded. We are all wounded people, whether physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. But the question shouldn't be, how do I hide my wounds? But how can I put my woundedness to the service of others? When our wounds cease to be the source of shame and become a source of healing, we have become wounded healers. Isn't that just fantastic? And I think we're going to hear a bit more about that tonight. We'll learn that wounds can be loved back to health. You can't criticise them, hate them back to health. You've got to love them back to health by giving proper care and attention, exposing them to the air and the light of love. You can have wounds without pain and shame. Your mourning can be turned into dancing. Your sorrow can be turned into joy. You can live life fully alive. So we're going to start the journey tonight with a clip for the children. And uh, I trust this makes sense to you because I'm not sure it made sense to me at the time. So I'm just being honest about it. But Danny will make sense of it for you. But we're going to go on the journey. Are you ready to be made whole tonight? Your wounds become something that are not shameful. They're a part of your story and become a wounded healer. Yes? Brilliant. Thank you. I want to be clear about something... Um from the outset, which I think is important, is when we talk about wounds, um, I would hate you to get the idea that wounds are something that must be recognised and then endured. Because that would suggest that there is no such a thing as a healing for a wound. 
And that would be completely inconsistent with the biology even of the human body and the way that we are created and how God has made us. And uh, one of the fascinating things to me is how incredible the human body is in its own ability to address infection, to address wounds, and to do its very best and apply all of the intricate forces of the human body to bring healing to that wound. And uh, I don't think Jesus, um, for whatever you think of him and however you perceive his life and ministry, was meant to be a sticking plaster for the wounds of the world. I, I actually believe he was sent to be a healer to the wounds of the world. I don't believe it just began when Jesus came in the flesh. I think from the beginning of time, from the narrative of Scripture and all the illustrations it uses, God has always been a healer and always sought to heal. There are complexities, but that's the idea. And so in the context of your life and, and my life, I don't want you to think that, a, uh, that, that the, the objective is when dealing with the wound, just that it should be endured, but it's that it, it might be healed and every effort applied towards that. Um, the last 15 years, in the last 15 years of, of, of my life, I have experienced more pain and wounding than I did in the previous 40 years before that. And um, uh, it's, it's been a difficult time. The, the, the thing that I've discovered, though, is, is, uh, is how academic my belief was about, first of all, the realities of life. How many of you have ever been in a position where you thought, I never thought this would happen to me? I was in that position 15 years ago, and, uh, and this is not, you know, there were failures on all parts, you know, I, I'm, I'm not seeking any excuses for why situations were created, but from my position, some of the things of, I never thought this would happen to me, begins to immediately slice a wound into your psyche and into your emotions and your being that is difficult to deal with, because first of all, you didn't expect it, and then you've no idea really how to deal with it. And uh, the truth is that requires a certain level of honesty on all parts before anything can ever be done about dealing with it. I, one of my honesties was that I had to appreciate that most of the stuff that I had, uh, I had gained and gleaned in my Christian experience were nothing more than academic realities that I could explain, talk about, preach, um, judge others for and yet find that in my own life I was deficient when it came to dealing with that. Wounds, wounds hurt. How many of you have, have understood that? Wounds hurt. Emotional wounds hurt. Disappointing wounds hurt. All the wounds that we have cause us a lot of pain. And uh, I guess the process is that although there are many complexities and there's, you know, healing in every form is usually a culmination of many things. Right? I'm always grateful when people say, oh, you know, X happened and I was healed. But I'm always conscious of the other 99 who have a, have a process that they have to go through. And uh, I think that's the majority of us. But, but um, uh, I guess the beginning point is that in, in all healing of wounds, for all of us, in whatever way those wounds came, there can never be any real healing until there is acceptance of the existence of the wound and what caused the wound. Now, the problem is that um, institutional religion is not very well equipped for that because we don't like the things that show that there may be failure or there may be weakness or our humanity might shine through above our perceived spirituality. 
And uh, one of my experiences of the last 15 years was uh, that mostly my wounds and the wounds of our family wanted, some people wanted them publicly exposed, not to heal, but to shame, to rebuke, to judge, and then having exposed them to hide them because we wouldn't want that reputation, we wouldn't want that to be seen as part of the church. Uh, That's not how Jesus behaved. But it's how some of you will behave because you feel shamed and embarrassed about your wounds and your weaknesses and feel you have to hide them and you can't expose them. And that's why I wanted just to share this little story because uh, I had surgery six weeks ago. I had a a pretty bad femoral hernia um, operated on and fixed. And um, uh, the problem with that was I had the same problem as a baby and and the scar for my new operation went across the scar of my old operation. And I had to go see the doctor three weeks uh, later just before we flew off to America because uh, my wound wasn't healing. But the point that it wasn't healing was where the new wound went across the old scar. And uh, that taught me some lessons and it ought to teach you some lessons that We all carry scars from the things of the past and often when we get wounded across some of those scars, how we try to deal with that can vary. So sometimes it can open wounds like you drink more, right? You isolate yourself more. You know the practical things we do because actually somewhere in there is a wound that needs to be healed. So because my wound wasn't knitting where it crossed the old scar, I went to see the doctor and he gave me some advice. And this was his advice, not take antibiotics, not put antiseptic cream on. He says, what you need to do is I want you as much as possible to expose the wound to the air. Now, the problem is, if you know where my wound was and where a femoral hernia wound is, the truth is I would have most certainly been arrested for that and probably found myself on an offender's register for many, many years. And I don't think you guys would have been happy if I'd have taken his advice and come in here letting air get to the wound. Uh, The thing was, though... It needed to be done. Now, I find that fascinating because when you talk about healing a wound, one of the greatest ways to heal a wound is to expose it to the the air. And if you remember all the stuff that we've talked about, the breath of God and the life that is in the breath, and and it's that principle that there's, there's something about the breath, there's something about God's breath, that when you're willing to expose your woundedness to the breath of his life, the wound starts to heal. And uh, so at home I was able to do that. I'm glad many of you didn't visit while, while the, the wound was going through therapy. And uh, mostly I was in baggy trousers, so don't let your imagination go places that it shouldn't have gone. Uh, I joked with people when I was there because I said, you know, I, I was about to say to some people when people were asking, you know, I'm going home to lick my wounds, but I thought I could get arrested for that as well. That really is totally inappropriate. Get air to the wound is what he said. But here's what I want to say on that. It's important that our wounds are open to where the breath, the life, the air can touch our wounds. If you won't open your wounds to the air, to the breath, the chances are, especially where those wounds cross an old scar, you will not heal. It will stay open and sore and it will ulcerate. But home was the only place that I could do that safely. Do you know what I discovered in 15 years of pain? 
that this was home. And I could expose the wound that went across the scars safely. Now, some people got offended because of the reality of the flesh that was exposed and the weakness that that seemed to be. But you know, I'm glad for this home. I'm glad that I had a place called home where we could say, no, we're exposing this to the air. And the truth is there has been healing. And there has been grace and there has been life. So these two things I wanted to say to you first up. That if you're not prepared to expose your wound to the air, to the breath, and make it open, it cannot heal. But secondly, you need to know that you have home where you can do that safely. And we tried to create a culture here where that's possible and where life can come. Thanks, guys. Highly recommend you uh, come and listen to that um, message by Paul Young on Wednesday. I know that it'll do you good. <laughs> um, <clears throat> how many of you know there's a difference between a scar and a wound? Sometimes the problem is when we get talking about woundedness, we, we can be left with a kind of underlying feeling that there's no prospect of healing because we've not understood the difference between a scar and a wound. Uh, one could probably actually argue that our scars are our glory because they are a wound that was once open but he's now healed. And sometimes those scars might leave us a little disfigured in some way in who we perceive ourselves to be or um, how we view ourselves in the context of our reflection. And yet each of those scars says once there was a wound here, but now that wound is healed. Um, in the healing process and, <clears throat> and in the context of the healer, I haven't got a lot of time to break this down, but, but there is a difference between being ashamed and being shamed by. Being ashamed is when we have personally allowed ourselves to be devalued by the situation that has now left the wound when being shamed by means that all of our wounds, our failures, the things that led us to our failures, the disappointments, the disillusionments, uh, the stupid things that we have done, they will try to shame you in a way that takes the wound far beyond the reality that wound should ever have. For crying out loud, we've all made mistakes. We've all done things that have caused brokenness in our own lives and in the lives of others. And get over it. Because it's happened before and it'll happen again. But if you become ashamed because of that, <clears throat> you will then become your own judge and jury and you cannot be healed because you will never expose that for which you are ashamed. <clears throat> but if you see yourself ashamed by those failures, those weaknesses, those disappointments, those disillusionments, those stupid things, that they are trying to shame you, but you won't let them shame you, you will say, do you know what? I wish that hadn't happened. I hope that would never happen. It has happened. I'm wounded. But guess what? This wound will heal. And when it's healed, the scar will show that I had my miracle that healed the wound. And my wound does not cause me to be ashamed. And I will not let it shame me either. 
is the character in the Bible who is written up in both Matthew and Mark by the name Simon the leper. The issue is, Simon was not a leper. Simon had been a leper, but now he was not a leper, but everybody knew him as Simon the leper. And in Matthew and in Mark, in Mark chapter 14 particularly, he talks about how Jesus was in the house of Simon the leper. Now, something extraordinary must have happened because lepers were put outside the camp. You could not be part of the functioning community if you were a leper, never mind have a house. So the fact that Simon the leper had a house and Jesus was in his house meant that Simon was not a leper. So why was he called Simon the leper? Because he used to be. He bore the wounds of a leper, the physical wounds of a leper, the rotting flesh, the ulcers, the sores. He also wore the emotional wounds of a leper, the rejection, the exclusion, the ridicule. But he used to be. But the truth is his name was never dropped. Because to know that Simon was a leper and see him now was the greatest declaration you could ever make of how wounds can be healed and the scar becomes the glory of the person who was healed because it gives testimony to the fact that we used to be that, but when the wound heals, you may have a scar, Simon the leper, but now it becomes the glory of your life. As he was sat at the table in the house of Simon the leper, who was not a leper, who used to be a leper, it says a woman came in with a, a very costly jar of perfume and, and she broke the flask over Jesus' head. So, so you might think, why are these two things tied together? Because we now have the something extraordinary has happened because it's the house of Simon the leper who shouldn't have had a house if he was a leper but was now not a leper but still had the scar of lepidum. But when this perfume was broken in his house, not only was the story transformed, but so was the smell in the house. So now it's not a stinky house of the rotting body of a wounded leper full of his shame. Now the scar of the one who is healed is in a place where the fragrance and smell that fills the house is of something wonderful and something precious. So now Simon the leper in his house smells really good because it's no longer wounds that stink of the rotting flesh that always comes when they're unhealed. Now it's the fragrance of healing, it's the fragrance of life, it's the smell that something has happened, that everybody is attracted to, that still calls him Simon the leper. Now the problem is most of us don't want to wear the label of where we've been, what we've done, what has happened, what has been to us. Because it shames us and then we, because, because we hear that shaming us, we become ashamed and then we can't wear the glory of the scar that is the mark of the healing of the wound that was killing us, that is now no longer killing us because we're alive and here's the scar to prove what I made it through. I got a lot more scars than I used to have. But that means my wounds got healed. 
And when your wounds get healed and you're whole, the story is there is a glory in the truth of your wounds that once was shame, but now is an expression of goodness. You got the same thing in the Bible with a woman called Mary Magdalene. Why does it say Mary Magdalene, of whom was, out of whom was cast seven devils? It's like, let's keep that hush hush. Because everybody knew the woundedness of Mary's life and now that was a scar because it was healed and you could talk about it. I can talk about the failures in my life because they're not wounds, they're scars and the scars have a story. Talks about Matthew, the tax collector. Why tell everybody he was a tax collector? Because the wound is healed and now the scar of being a tax collector is the glory that he carries. Let me give you a little advice. Wounds need love, care and attention, not judgment, criticism and condemnation. So as we deal with each other, the wounds that we carry, which are very real, need love, care and attention, not judgment, criticism and condemnation. And if I hear any of you in this house giving judgment, criticism and condemnation, I will be on you like a ton of bricks. But I don't care how much love, care and attention you pour, just let it go to extremes, let it flow like a river to people until that wound is exposed and healed. And then the scar we bear says, I used to be, and I'm not afraid still to have the name Simon the leper because I'm not a leper anymore, but it shows you where I've come from and what I've come to. So let me just say a couple more things. Do you know what can be the biggest hindrance to our healing? This is very important. What can be the biggest hindrance to our healing? Let me tell you, reputation. It'll kill you every time. I don't want to expose this because of what it will do to my reputation so you never get healed. Thank you, Georgia. How many of you know where humility comes from? Humiliation. Humiliation, it's the same word. You can't have humility without humiliation, but the sad thing is most of the things that we think are humiliation are not really humiliation. We only feel humiliated ourselves because the wound is shaming us rather than being ashamed. Just say the wound is shaming me, but I don't have to be humiliated. In humility, I can actually talk about this because if your reputation gets in the way of your honesty, your wound will never heal. I know you're in a place here and you're under a God, a Father, who will never be ashamed of you. He will never be disillusioned by you because he was never under any illusions in the first place. And you will always have the loving gaze. I pray the same loving gaze that God puts upon you will be the same loving gaze that you get from the people around you. Biggest hindrance to our healing, reputation. Isn't it amazing then that the worst thing you could do to a person's reputation in the time of Jesus was crucify them. He used to talk about cursed is everybody who's crucified. It was the most shameful death that you could die, but Jesus died that and took the shame of the cross. But the shame of the cross was the route to the resurrection. What we sometimes think is the shame of our humiliation because we sacrifice and crucify our reputation is actually the route to resurrection that will give you the way that you come to life and the wound becomes a scar and the scar becomes your glory and you can be Simon the leper who's entertaining in your house that smells really good. 
Last thing. Jesus died. He is taken from the cross. He's buried. He has the resurrection. The disciples don't know what they're going to do next. They've got all kinds of feelings. And I actually love this guy called Thomas. I like Thomas because he was honest. You know, a lot of the others were giving it, oh, we always thought, you know, it's like nonsense, you liars. Thomas, honest man, he said, hey, I'm not sure what I think of Jesus. Now, that's not the words it uses, but that's it. I'm not sure whether I believe. If I can't put my finger into nail prints in his hands, if I can't put my hand into a wound in his side, then I won't believe. I like the fact that God didn't get all uppity and withdrawn and like, oh, I can't believe you're not believe. terrible. No, actually, Jesus turned up to allow Thomas to deal with the very things that were his questions and his struggles. I like that, because some of you in here tonight might say, I just don't know, I don't know if I can be sure about Jesus, I don't know if I can be sure about God. Do you know, God will not withdraw himself for that. He'll actually come to you and say, okay, put your finger in there, put your hand in there, see what you think then. What I love about this is if you think, this is just days after the crucifixion, and Jesus turns up, and he says to Thomas, Thomas, take your finger and put it in the nail prints in my hand. Take, take your fist and put it into the wound in my side. And, and for many years, I, I don't think I fully understood all the nuances of this. Until you've actually been wounded. Until you've felt the pain and the shame that comes with all that stuff. And then I got a revelation on this that really, really helped me. Because you see, there's no way I would have been saying to any of you a couple of days after crucifixion and resurrection, here, just stick your finger in my wound there. Here, just have a fiddle around, touch that. Hey, where the spear went in, come put your hand. You ain't getting anywhere near that. Why? Because you know when a wound is fresh, if you touch that wound, it hurts like hell. So here's what it tells me. That Jesus may have had wounds from the shameful process that he found himself in, but now he had no pain. Put your finger in there. See, I got a wound, but I've got no pain. Put your hand in there. I got a wound, but I've got no pain. Because the miracle is this, that in life... God has made a way that even though you've got wounds through the love of God and the grace that comes through Christ, your wounds can be there but have no pain because then they become the scars that testify to the healing that God wants you to have. Don't just make your wounds a memory of your pain. Make them a source of healing for others. There's this amazing verse in the Psalms. I'll finish with this and I'll just pray for you if that's okay. It's this poetic thing, you know, poets. Uh, and this poet called David said, Hey, said, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. What that was telling me is that accepting our wounds is not just a call to endurance, but accepting our wounds is the beginning of the process to healing where the wounds become scars and the scars become our glory and then we show them and say, look what happened to me. I was there, but I got healed. I was shamed, but I became whole. I felt lost, but now I'm found. 
I was unloved, but now that I'm loved. I had no confidence in who I am, but now I know that I'm something in Christ. It's the healing. And I know there are many of you today in here who, much like me with my physical thing, have got wounds that go across scars and not knitting together. I want to pray for you today because um, I do believe there is a healer. I do believe that there is a force, a power, a strength in the Creator that extends beyond our own. Now, there are many questions that come with that, the whys and the why nots. I think the greatest thing that can be healed is the wounds of our heart. I think it's the whys and the why nots and the wherefores and shouldn't and couldn't. But somehow there is a healing in that. That then when we look at where we are, we begin to see actually there is a joy, there is a delight, there is something that I would not have had had healing not come in this process. I just want to pray for you right now if that's okay. Father, I pray for every heart, every life that's got wounds. I pray especially for every person here tonight who is self-medicating, trying to mask the pain of the wounds. And becoming reliant on stuff that just hides it away. I, I, I pray for a deep healing. I pray by your spirit and by the breath that is spirit that, that tonight those things be exposed to the breath, to the life. And that there's a safe place called home where we can do that. And in that place called home we find that that healing begins to flow and to fix that wound that is in our heart so that, hey, we'll bear the scars. We're okay with the scars. But let the wounds become scars, I pray, in every heart tonight so that we will come out as healed people and whole people who can bring healing and wholeness to others and that our wounds that have become scars become the very thing that are the encouragement and the life to others who are walking that difficult path because you've put your life in us to be life to others. Help us to receive that life tonight and to give that life in every way that we can. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to another Q York podcast. If you've been inspired by what you've heard today, then why not email us at info at qyork.co.uk and let us know who you are and where you're listening from. We love that you're listening to us and we'd love to hear from you too. Did you know you can also watch all of the talks from Q on our YouTube channel? Just go to youtube.com forward slash qchurchyork. We look forward to having you with us again soon. Until then, enjoy the quest.